Hey everyone, on today's Contractor Growth Network, we're talking all about identifying red flags when it comes to prospects. And the whole reason for this is because if you can nip a problem in the bud, it's gonna pay off so much in the end. So we're gonna talk about some of the red flags that we see when dealing with contractors, because it kind of shows a bit behind the scenes of what the relationship might look like. And then talk to you about some of the red flags that a lot of our contracting clients deal with and how they either overcome them or how they sidestep the problem in its entirety. Stick with it. Hey everyone, welcome back. This is Logan Schinholzer. Today I'm sitting down with Alex and we're talking all about red flags in the business. Now, Alex, when I ask you about what does a red flag mean to you? How, how would you define a red flag? I would say problems, problems in your business, um, you know, kind of day-to-day operational challenges you have to go, you have to hurdle over. Okay. So how about a red flag when it comes to a prospect? Like if I said, yeah, yeah, you know, I was talking to this person, they're a potential customer and there's just red flags. Uh, I mean, issues that made you maybe not want to work with them. Yeah. Okay. Red flags in a relationship. Don't want to date her. Yeah. See, <laughs> same deal. So it's, it's the same idea, whether you're dating or it's already a customer, um, just how to identify some of the flags or the red flags that you deal with. So for us, when it comes to you're working with contractors, there's two big red flags that we deal with or that I deal with because I do all the sales. People call in and I talk to, I mean, just over the past couple of weeks because it's starting to become website season again. I don't know, a, a 12 to 15 different people uh, just about their businesses and what they're looking for. Um, the very first red flag that I hear a lot of is when people want to scale their business at a crazy fast rate. So I'll give you an example, you know, like had a call come in and they last year they did because I always ask money because money makes, you know, if I'm like, oh, what are you trying to get to? And they're like, oh, yeah, I'm trying to get to $50,000 a year. I'm like, we're not going to be, you know, I'm going to cost more than that. So it might not work out. So somebody calls in and says, yep, last year I did $100,000. Okay, great. What are you going to do this year? Well, this year I think I'm going to do about $250,000. Okay, so that's a pretty big jump. Now, what do you want to do next year? Let's say you get the marketing going in a perfect world. What's next year look like? And they go, well, I'm thinking about doing, you know, a million bucks. Well, how? How did you get to that conclusion? I'm just curious, why a million? Well, you know, it's, you know, last year I did 100, this year I did 250. And then just based off this growth rate, it, you know, if I just keep this up, uh, then I'm going to probably hit a million. And I'm just immediately thinking, okay, so if you can run a mile in eight minutes, and then you train for two weeks, and then you can run a mile in seven minutes. Does that mean at this rate, you're going to be breaking that four minute mark in a month and a half? It, it doesn't quite work like that. So that's my biggest one red flag is that when people come in and their growth rate is so much that it's just like blowing it out of the water because then that factors in. So Alex, let me ask you this. It comes in and somebody says, oh, I want to grow this. I mean, even for full sale, let's just say all of a sudden we want to grow by 150% by next year. The people that we have here, do you think we have the capacity to just all of a sudden grow that much? I mean, we're a small company. It, it would take some, I mean, nothing's impossible, but it would take some real hard digging and working to it get would, that. It would take a lot, right? Yeah. Like everybody would be at 80 hours a week stressed out, which yeah. is its own problems, but I mean, it's it's a lot. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the first thing that I deal with. So, so when people say something like, I wanna grow this crazy amount, I, I just, how? You know, how, how do you want to, you know, what's going to be the difference? Or let me ask you, what was the difference between the 100000 and the 250000 And if they say something like, well, I, um, you know, we, we hired more crews, so we now have the ability to do more production. Last year we didn't. 
a little feasible, you know, or, Hey, I started doing some online marketing and starting to really catch. I'm just trying to kick it up a couple more notches with you. Also feasible. But if it's something like, you know, yep, I just, uh, last year was our first year in business. And then this year is the second year. So last year was only a half a year of, of production. And, and this year is a full year of production. Well, if this year is a full year of production, you're kind of at capacity. Like, yes, you could kick it up with some marketing and stuff like that, but to go from 250 to like a million bucks is, it, yeah. It's crazy. It's like you watch Shark Tank and those people come in and they value their business like five times worth and they're like, how how do you come to this? Well, we're, you know, hardworking and we're going to get it done with your help. Well, I'm like, okay. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, you're, yeah. You're growing your business 500% in a year? Okay. Yeah, like it, it just doesn't work out that way because then, you know, you got the systems on the back end and, you know, and like, and everybody value, like, you know, well, I do really good work, so I should be a million dollar company. Mm. What makes you say that? Yeah. Like, does the other people not do good work? Yeah. You know, so you kind of fall into that boat. So it's, it's the idea of just that you have to be kind of realistic with, um, you know, the, the growth rate there. So for me, when people say that the first question I, I ask is like, how, how do you know, what's the difference maker between, um, this year and next year. And then what was the difference maker between last year and this year? And if it makes sense, then we could talk about that talk about some realistic expectations. And I always try to dial them back a little bit. Um, I know like a lot of like what you're supposed like, it's almost like I'm selling against myself. Like, mm -hmm. you know, oh yeah. Like if, if you're a used car or a car salesman and somebody's like, yeah, I really want to get this car because you know, I want to, you know, show off to my friends and family and pick up a, a bunch of like hot girls. Like this car salesman is not going to be like, yeah, just, you know, if you get this car, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Like they're not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, like they're no. going to be like, yeah, dude, for sure. You know? So <laughs> yeah. it, it's almost going against myself where I'm like, hold on, let's dial it back a little bit. But because you know, you should be like, yeah, man, for sure. Like we'll yeah, work yeah. together and like you hit a million next year, no problem. But in reality, it also sets you up for failure because it's almost an unobtainable goal the next year yeah. that, you know, if they think that they're going to get there with your help and then you get, you don't get there, you get half that they're like, oh, well, he didn't get me to the million. Like you said he would. Right. So it's like almost looks negatively on you, even though, you know, deep down, it's kind of unobtainable at this Cause point. Cause then at that point, like yeah, we made some money, but like from a reputation standpoint, like how do they feel about the business? Yeah. It, they're, they're frustrated. So I dial it back big time and I'm like, okay, great. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about some realistic expectations here because now it's your full time. And I deal with this a lot with, um, people who have never spent money on advertising like digitally. Mm -hmm. So they'll say like, yep, yeah, well last year I did $400,000 in uh, total revenue and I spent $0 on digital marketing. So if I'm going to spend $10,000 in digital marketing, I expect to at least double well, how, you know, how, like, how do you know what's like, what, what aspect you need to do What like, you know, what platform you should, you should like, you know, advertise on. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, you, you have to know it works. And, and when you just build everything off of referrals and networks and stuff like that, like, you know, if you said to me like, Hey, last year I spent $10,000, you know, we, we made, you know, $400,000 total and I spent $10,000 on marketing online and we made of the 400, a hundred of that came from online. So if I'm going to spend 20,000, I expect 200,000. Well, that makes a little bit more sense because now it's a ratio of for every $1 you spend online, it's $10 that you're making in your pocket. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to go from 10,000, making a hundred up to 20,000, making 200, that's feasible. But when you go from nothing to something, it's not like you're going to double or things like that. So it, it's unfortunate that like, it's not based off of like, oh, this is what I spent last year and this is how much the money, how much money the mar uh, the company made. So next year, if I double the marketing spend, I expect to be double. It's it's not like that at all. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't work. Do you think subconsciously when 
you know, contractors come to you and, and say these goals, you think they know that they need someone to talk them down a little bit because they want to shoot high and not undersell themselves? Um, or do you think that they, you know, they literally think that that's possible within, you know, six months to a year? See, I, I don't, I think they think it's, I think they think it's possible yeah. because like nobody goes into this just saying, I just want to build a steady eddy slow business. Mm -hmm. Like because of the age of entrepreneurship and like everything these days is like, oh, just, you know, if you got a good idea, just go out and raise, you know, $20 million, get some venture capital and you're going to scale it. And that's that. So I think speed and growth is everything. And, and nobody's patient. Like for us, like we're growing very fast. Like if you would have, you know, we've been in business now for two years. And if you would have said, hey, you know, by this year, you're going to be like looking at 600. I'd be like, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. Like that's uh, like maybe 300 would be like super nice, but like there's no way. So it's just like we're growing very fast ourselves, mm -hmm. but it's and, and because like, I, you know, I'm not going to sit here and slow the train down. I want to grow steadily where it's like we're still everything's under control. But, you know, if somebody like I don't ever want to be like, yeah, like we're, we're no longer accepting clients because yeah. I'd like to continue to keep the, the ball rolling but do it at a steady pace. So, but like, if you said, Hey, like if this year you guys do 600 and next year you guys are going to, you know, do 2 million. Do you want that Logan? I'd be like, you know, what, what got me to 600 is not going to get me to 2 million. So I need to s figure out other systems and processes in place and make sure that everything I have is like pretty shit hot. So that way <laughs> it's, you know, it's all set up. So it's not, you know, we're not selling a bunch of jobs and then we can't come through. Cause that happens a lot too, of, you know, selling a bunch of jobs. And then you realize, everything was under bid and then you got to take the new deposits to pay for the old stuff and it's just as robbing peter to pay paul type situation mm -hmm. um that's what that uh shoot what's that that fire festival dude oh uh, billy mcfarland billy mcfarland that's, have you ever seen that documentary yeah. that's what he was doing where he was like like selling like super bowl tickets mm -hmm. right and then to actually buy the tickets for the people that bought them he's then you know selling tickets to like the jennifer lopez concert yeah and he's literally just like so it's almost like a pyramid scheme where he, it's at some point it's gonna run out yeah so um, I think people like they think they can scale that fast because if nothing else, oh, I'll just sub the work out. Well, it's a lot hard. You know, if you ever look online, like it's a lot harder to find subs than you think it is. So I think people think on, on paper like, yeah, we could totally do this because we've got our stuff together. But in reality, like, you, you know, people I, I think people like sometimes overestimate mm -hmm. what they can do. Yeah. So I would almost rather just like, hey, look. If you want to go from 250 to a million next year, like, cool, do it, you know, or, or even 250 to like 800, but that's a hell of a jump. So like, be prepared to, you know, kind of get your ass handed to you little by little along the way, just because it's almost inevitable. Yeah. I like what you said when, you know, the jump from 600,000 to 2 million is a big jump and it's not what got you to 6,000, 600,000 is not going to get you to 2 million. Cause I think a lot of people overlook that too, with anything in life that mm -hmm. what got you here is great. But it also to get to the next step and beyond, you got to do something maybe a little different, you know. There's a there's a uh, in the, one of the books that I read. There's like a rule that's like um, everything comes in like threes and tens. So it's like when you get to like your next level of like stuff. So when you get to um, you know three employees, mm -hmm. right? What's working for you at three employees is not going to work for you at ten employees. Mm -hmm. And then what's working at ten is not going to get you to thirty. And what's working at thirty, you know, can't work at a hundred. Same with money. So if you make a hundred thousand a year, it's different than three hundred thousand. Three hundred thousand is different than a million. A million is different than three million. You know, so it's yeah. it's one of those. So you just kind of have to continue to to change your processes and stuff mm -hmm. because yeah, I mean, like we don't have the capacity for anything like that. So yeah. I, I like to just like take people in if they come in with like these crazy goals. Like, cool, I'm in. Let's do it. However, I need to dial you way back 
just set expectations because if you're like, yeah, you know, I want to do, you know, let's just say the, the 250 to a million. If I said, well, what if we went from 250 to 450? Spend a little bit of money on marketing. How's that sound? And if they're like, no way. I'm like, all right, I don't think they're the right fit just because I don't want to set this thing up, get three months in, and then it just spiral out because either the leads aren't coming fast enough for you because it's just you're trying to get people to buy stuff from you that aren't ever going to buy yeah. or you don't have the production. Either way, it's, uh, yeah, it doesn't work out. Yeah, you get to 450 before you get to a million. That's exactly, <laughs> I mean, exactly. So uh, that's the red flag number one is I always dial them back. So red flag number two is going to be crazy enough when uh, contractors talk shit about other contractors. So um, imagine you're dating a girl, right? Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, yeah, like, you know, and you start, like, you start to date her, you start talking to her, and all she does is talk crap about all of her ex-boyfriends. Like, oh, this guy was a jerk because of this, and this guy sucked because of that. What would you think? I think she got dumped by a lot of guys. I, you see, like, you think there's something else going on <laughs> yeah, there, right? Yeah. So that's kind of how I deal with this as well, is, is when I start talking to people, and I'm like, so tell me about the business. And then the way that they explain their business to me is by putting other businesses down. Mm -hmm. It shows me that maybe they're not that confident in their business, or... Um, you know, maybe they're like, I'm not saying like, if I prompt you to do it and I'm like, yeah, like, you know, tell me about the other businesses around, like what, what makes you stand out? And you're like, oh, the other people don't really focus on this. Like, cool. I asked that. But mm -hmm. if you lead with that, it's the same thing. When I talk to, to clients who are like, Alex, let me tell you, man, I'm a really good salesman. I just need more leads. Mm -hmm. And I'm just thinking like, like what, like, okay. like sales and marketing are tied together. So if you're a really good salesman, the better of a salesman you are, the less leads that you need. Mm-hmm. Right, so if you're really that good, and then you kind of dig deeper and you learn, oh, well, I'm a really good salesman when people pass me a warm referral. Well, yeah, you know, like yeah. of course everybody is. Like <laughs> they're halfway in the door. Yeah, <laughs> like they did all the work for you. Yeah. It's like, you know, so it's super easy. So um, yeah, so when you start to talk crap about other contractors and your competitors unprompted, that's generally another sign that the business itself is actually a bit more unstable than I thought, mm -hmm. because you're you're relying on putting other people down. It's almost like, you know, like, like, I don't want to go back into politics, but like in the last presidential race, right? Clinton versus Trump. Mm -hmm. If you could sit here, you know, like it was, it was like what most people were finding who were in the middle was, well, why are you voting for Trump? Oh, because it's not Hillary. Well, why are you voting for Hillary? Oh, because it's not Trump. Yeah. So it's like, if you're your meaning for like voting for somebody is because you don't want to vote for the other person, not because you like their person's values how much are you really going to stick with them if yeah. something starts to go wrong during the the presidency yeah you're flipping if the first sign of trouble you're flipping to the other side correct yeah. so that's the same thing with this is if you're going to start to uh you know like the first thing you do is you compare yourself to everybody else in the sense that like unprompted why you you know how are you different it's one thing but if you're like start just talking crap about other people um it it generally shows that there's something going on. Yeah. And also it's it, just an excuse. I mean, mm -hmm. and they don't know what's I, wrong I, with that's their, really, that's smart. Yeah. They don't know what's wrong. So they're just making excuses. Well, there's gotta be something with the other people or, you know, it's, it's not me. And that's yeah. that it's that, I don't want to say cockiness, but it's, you know, it can't be me. I'm not the problem in my own business. And I think a lot of business owners find that problem. It's tough. It's tough. To like, you know, you know, put your ego aside. Yeah. You have to like, I'm yeah. the ultimate, like, it's funny. Like I got a, a pretty strong personality, but I will tuck my tail between my legs. Mm -hmm. Anytime I talk to a customer, we're like, I'm in, you know, even if I'm not in the wrong, I can sit there and argue with you 
you know, tooth and nail mm-hmm. and prove, hey, look, I know you said that you expected this. Well, let me, you remember how we talked about this, this, and this, and you signed off in the scope of work and it showed this? Yeah, you know, you're wrong. Now, if it starts to get into a legal thing where it's like, okay, then then I'll just be like, look, dude, like you're, you're actually wrong. But like, if I know the sale's already lost or the relationship's done, and at this point I can either tell you off, make myself feel better, and then have you leave a bad review, that's not worth it. So I'd much mm-hmm. rather just, swallow my pride and just put it back on me. Even if I, I deep down, I'm like, I, I, I don't know anything else I could have done to get this point across. Yeah. I will put everything back on me. Cause I really like most of it really is my fault. Like, yeah. it, you know, that's, and it goes the other way because you know, if you go too hard on yourself, it also could be damaging. Right. So, which is a, a problem I've kind of had where I'm like, at what point do I, do I not cross that line and not say, all right, it's, you know, yeah, like, you're totally right. Like, mm-hmm. I should have done this different. I should, you know, like, because mm-hmm. I don't want to totally, like, f- you know, from not just from an ego perspective, but then if I'm, like, blaming myself all the time, then, like, yeah. it's going to look bad as a business. But, like, there's a certain level where, like, I, I'm trying to skate that line of apologizing and taking ownership of stuff, even though it might not on paper be my fault yeah. without, like, yeah, dude, I'm a total idiot. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there's definitely some, like, there's a lot of cases, probably more than, you know, the few that, you know, a lot of times that customer, that lead, it's just the same thing. Like you said, they just make excuses and it's just yeah. impossible. It's just, it's almost like you're falling down a trap door with the sale. I yeah. mean, you're never just going to get there, but it, you got to find that balance like anything. So, so in that case, if, if they're like starting talking about their competitors, instead of fueling the fire, cause at first I used to feel fire. Oh, wow. How much better are you? You know, like tell me about, Oh man, they suck. Cause it's like the enemy of your enemy is your friend. So it's, it's one of those where like, you want mm-hmm. to side with them because that's yeah. actually a really common siding point. Um, but then I started to realize that those those prospects never worked out. They mm-hmm. never turned into sales because they either became a total pain in the butt or they um, they just didn't actually have any money. Yeah. So now I, instead of siding with them, now I just you know I just be straight up and I just try to be like, all right, well let's 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 go back to you. Yeah. And if they start to go back to the other person again, I'll cut right to it. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, hey, tell me what's going on with the business. Well, and then I'm like, okay, yeah, so got you. <laughs> yeah, so those are my two big red flags. That's how I deal with them. Is is uh, the first one is if you're going to be too much of a scale, I'm going to pull you way back. And if you're going to start talking crap about your your competitors or other people, um, then I'm going to try to put it back on you and and make you take more responsibility for your own business because there's an idea that like when people take responsibility they actually feel empowered. They feel better. Mm-hmm. It's like if you were trying to grow your business and you can't figure out how, and then I, I like kind of walk you through a process where you then go, oh man, all right, yeah, I, you know, now I see the light, like you feel way better about it. So I try to do that, but if that's not going to happen, then I just kind of, all right, let's just cut right to it. Yeah, so you get stuck with it. So uh, contractor perspective. So we talked about this last time, the last podcast, but with your dad, when people call up, and the first thing they ask for is, what's your rates? What's your price? What is his first initial thought? Uh, price shopper, not uh-huh. really going to get the sale. He'll give them the price. Obviously, you know, stay on your ground. You know, this sure. is my price. Deal with it or not. And it, and then it's all back on the customer. It's uh-huh. it's no it's the pause. Do you want this price or not? And they go, oh well. A lot of times when I would answer the phone, it'd be, oh well, I can get it cheaper down the block. Okay see you there like go down the block that's uh-huh. fine that this is the price but then they call the block and they go oh well, they're busy till tomorrow oh well, i can get you in five minutes so that's that so it's a value thing so with, yeah. with contractors like um like 
if somebody calls up and goes, hey, like, you know, what's your price for this or, or what's your square footage or something like that? And it's like, great. I'd love to talk to you about price. Like you should never hide the price, Mm-mm. but you know, great. Yeah, I'd love to talk about it. Let me ask you a few questions first, just so I know what we're talking about. And then you can totally spin it into, you know, whatever you want. Because if somebody like with, with this, if your dad's got an opening and it's literally the neighbor mm-hmm. and it's this and that, like maybe it is, you know, it is more of a cheaper price, but if they're like, what's your price? And he puts out there, Hey, this is what the price is. And in reality, they're four hours away. Yeah. He's got to factor that in, which means it's a totally different price. So you got to figure out the information first. So these red flags of what's your price, it's part, you can spin it into, well, that's a good question. Like let's, let's talk about a couple other things so I can give you an accurate price. Who's going to like turn that down? Like, yeah. No, dude, no. give me the price right now. Yeah. Plus with the stuff like, I mean, do people know what to ask your dad? They, yeah, I mean, with them, it's it's just all about really price. Uh-huh. And then if it's, you know, if they can, and if it's time sensitive, like we talked about last podcast, yeah. it's those two things. But also on the business side of it for my dad and contractors, you, you want to work with people that want to work with you too. Right. So if they're just going to call you once and there's no chance for an ROI to them to come back a second time, mm-hmm. then it's almost like, well, I'm not going to run a shout for you. I'm not going to put you on the schedule or mm-hmm. you're going to get the cheap, you're going to get the more expensive price. Mm-hmm. But if it's, you know, they say, oh, well, this guy's five cents cheaper. Sure. Give you that price. Mm-hmm. No matter. It's all about, you got to know if what you do is going to return for the customer. You know, if, if that's going to make them come back, if that's going to make them, if you can upsell them, you know, stuff like that. So your dad has a huge like lifetime value of customers that he has to factor in mm-hmm. because sometimes it is with him uh, getting your foot in the door, you know, mm-hmm. hey, like actually we have a, a promotion going on. So for the first time that we do it, we'll give you five cents cheaper. Mm-hmm. And if he runs that for 10 people and then he sees that eight of them come back for, you know, time and time again, it's worth it. Yeah. It's worth it to lose a couple bucks on the front end to make all this money in the long run. But if all 10 of those people the next time say, I want this price from going somewhere else and they go somewhere else, it's not worth it. No, it's not. It's not. So when people call you about price, sometimes they just don't know what else to ask. Like yeah. they, they literally like, People don't go to customer school. They don't go, yeah. oh, when you talk, talk to a contractor, this is what you should ask them. Yeah. At the end of the day, that's it's what ultimately matters is how much they're going to spend on it. Yeah. And if what's the ROI is the biggest thing. Like, yeah. like, is it worth the money? Yeah, exactly. So it's if they don't, if they can't justify that to their, you know, significant other or mm-hmm. spouse, then it's like, oh, why'd you spend twenty five grand a pond when we could have used that for college? You know, you a know. bunch of other things. Yeah, a bunch of other things. So. It, justification is a huge part. So that's that's where those questions come in. So if somebody is gonna, you know, red flag is leads off with price and they keep bringing a budget, don't hide it, mm-hmm. but just be aware that like, if you could take it and spin it into some questions and start to have them talk about themselves and what they're looking for, like it's gonna go way, way farther. Yeah, one way I look at it is that, you know, this is, you know, that's their job. So if, you know, you wanna get paid for your job, you wanna get paid, you know, 50,000 a year for, you know, regular nine to five job, Mm -hmm. but it says 45, prove why you're worth 5,000 more a year. And it's the same thing with your price. If Mm -hmm. don't be embarrassed that you're higher or, you know, you're lower than the other other person. Well, this is what we're going to get for that price. If Mm -hmm. you want to go higher, you do this. You know what I mean? So it's justification. Yeah. Which I know like for the CSA, like they sometimes say don't justify. Mm -hmm. I'm in the opposite boat. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes like now if somebody says, you know, prove the value to me, that's, that's different. Like, Mm If they straight up actually say like you need to prove this to me, then like they're looking for reasons not. But yeah. like if you can if you learn like the whole pre qualifying sales process and stuff like that, like and you're higher, like you'll know what you know, oh, like where well, you're ten grand higher. Oh, why do you think they're ten grand lower? You know, yeah. like you can ask like if you know how to act like spin it in the proper way yeah. to show the value. Yeah. 
you know, if you come out and start throwing up like, whoa, we're certified in this and this and this and like people don't give a shit about that stuff. Yeah. But like if you know how to ask the right questions where they come up with their own solution, then it's in. But like I deal with that sometimes where it's like, well, you need to, you know, prove to me why your website's worth more. And I'll ask them a few questions. And if they're not sold at that, I'm like, I don't think I'm a good enough salesman to actually get them to buy this. Yeah. Or if they're like, well, you need to, um, you know, you need to earn my business. And I'm like, all right, bro. Yeah. Like, yeah. The yeah. questions part, it's a good spin because it's almost like you're, you're giving them to say yes, like multiple times before you could even like, before you have to say, so why wouldn't you pay that much for me? It's, it's tough though. Cause I mean, if they're really looking for price, yeah. you know, like, well, yeah. why are you 10 grand more? Well, you know, why are they less? Well, I don't know. Okay. Well, I don't really know either. I mean, I, this is kind of what we call, like what we cost, like, yeah. where do you want to go from here? Like, what can I do to, to help you make a more informed decision? Or, you know, if they were 10 grand less, great. What were you hoping to hear from me that you didn't hear from them? You know, why did you call me? Because if they're cheaper than I am, oh, well, I want to get the best price. Well, I'm already 10 grand higher. So where do we go from here? Yeah. So you, you can learn a lot about like by just asking open-ended questions. It's tough. Yeah. It is not, it's not like something that you can just like rattle off the bat of like, oh, you know, let me ask you like this series of nine questions <laughs> that like is going to work every time. Yeah. So it's a challenge, but if you can learn how to spin that when they ask these, these tough questions, um, sometimes the red flags are not actually red flags. It's just that they, they don't know what else to ask. Like they, they literally just like, I mean, think about a first date, mm -hmm. like, are you super cool and calm and suave and yeah. no, you're nervous. you're nervous. Yeah. And that's how they are. Cause they don't want to get taken advantage of Yeah. and nobody likes to get sold to. So they're nervous. So they're just asking whatever the hell they can rationalize in their mind. Cause they're not calling you up and going, Hey, I want to get my, you know, I want to get a palm put in my house. Tell me about the, uh, the follow-up warranty process. Like, yeah, no one does that. Yeah. <laughs> they just, cause like, that's not a quantifiable thing in their mind, but how long does it take? Uh, what's the process look like? Uh, price, stuff like that, that they can actually rationalize that and they can refer that back to somebody else or like relay that message. So it's not always a red flag, but if you know how to ask a couple questions around that yeah. to identify, Hey, what's, what's really going on here? When you're asking me for the price right off the bat, are you looking for the lowest price or are you just trying to figure out what you're even going to get for that amount of money? It's almost like different paths you can go down each time one of these red flags shows up. It's like, all right, we'll go down this path and see if we can get back to the main road almost. Exactly. So, so that's kind of like the biggest red flag that I hear a lot of times from contractors. Uh, I also hear from some of the clients how to deal with a know-it-all. Somebody that tells you what, you know, hey, yeah, I watched some YouTube videos on how to, you know, do drywall myself. So, like, can you do it this way? And it's just like, uh, well, if you watch the drywall, you know, these videos on YouTube, what, uh, what do you call me for? Yeah. You know, and because I, I hear that a lot, you know, yeah, Logan, like, I could build my own website, but, like, I just don't have the time. And in my mind, I'm like, okay, is this know-it-all or is this somebody that just, like, they could? Because, like, yes, like, you know, you and I could renovate a kitchen just based off of what we have on the internet because everything's out there, mm -hmm. it would take us for freaking ever. Yeah. But I wouldn't lead with that with a kitchen remodeler. Like, just so you know, I could, I could do this, do this myself, myself yeah. you know, but I just don't have the time. Like, yeah, I don't have three years. That's a customer ego. So it's almost like, how do you deal with the customer's ego too? So in this case, I mean, if you had a customer that's calling you up saying, I could do this myself, but, or if they're like telling you how to do your job, you just almost have to kind of set that expectation. And again, ask the questions. Well, if you could do this, you know, what are you looking for? Mm -hmm. Okay, well, like if, if you know how to do this, why, you know, what are you calling me for? Well, I just don't have the time. Okay, well, that's, you know, that's totally, that's understandable. So yeah. what are you looking for exactly? And if they're like trying to tell you exactly how to do it and it's exactly in line with how you do it, like, all right, perfect, man. It sounds like you nailed it. Stroke their ego a little bit 
and go in there and just do that. But if it's a little bit different, then that's when you set the ex- you know the expectation. And it's not the whole like, well, I'm just gonna do it because it's gonna have the same outcome. Mm-hmm. And then they're gonna act, you know they're gonna start to question and stuff. But I would just set the expectation of like, hey, look, like I understand you read that online. Like, how important is it to you to have it done the exact same way? What if I could get the exact same result, but I kind of have my own process? Yeah, sounds like full transparency is kind of like that's, the, the key. That's, that's all it really is. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah, it's yeah. easy. It's 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 way easier uh, said than done. But once you yeah. start to like practice this stuff, it's really a conversation because you're not yeah. you're not. Sp- like especially with the full transparency stuff you're not making up shit like it's literally like exactly how you do it so you don't have to like think on the spot you literally just to say what how you do it yeah it's almost know? like people get nervous when they're like someone when these red flags show up because they're like oh what do i like they're basically saying they have to prove themselves or they have to like you know this guy doesn't really want yeah. it so it's like the right training like you said and then just repetition i think that you know will help with that it helps a lot it's it is tough though because sometimes you're gonna have to swallow your pride on it and you're gonna have to be like oh wow that's a that's a really good point there's actually um, Greg Dempsey does this where what Greg, he's a custom home builder, uh, really high end. He'll get stuff wrong on purpose and he'll do that for two reasons. One, because it lets people reiterate what they're thinking so they know that Greg heard it. And two, when you correct somebody, you feel better about yourself. Mm-hmm. Like if you say something to me and, and you use, like you type the wrong form of there, there and there, like deep down, I'm like, got him. <laughs> so like doing that for customers like to let them feel better about themselves so he'll get stuff wrong you can't overdo it so if they're like yeah i want a custom house you're like what's a custom house like that like that's not gonna work but like you know certain (laughs) things where he'll mistake it and i'll do the same thing where i'm like all right great so like sounds and so it's a takeaway as well but i'm like okay so it sounds like we want a website but we're not really looking to be found in google right and like oh no no no, i do want to be you know so when people correct you it's just like from an ego perspective so when you have a Mm know-it-all You got to find, you know, set the, set the boundaries of like, I can do it within this, this, and this, how does that sound to you? And let them, you put the ball back in their court. Um, but also don't be afraid to like play Columbo dumb and just Mm -hmm. ask questions and then let them sell themselves where you can either tell them, Hey, this is how it's going to go. It's my way or the highway. But if you don't have enough work in the door or you're starting out, it's going to be tough to tell, you know, to bring on this like very strict, like. This is exactly how it has to be done. This is my process. If you don't follow my process, I'm not doing work with you. Yeah. Then it's and like, it goes both ways. It's like a control thing too. It is, yeah. It, it, and you kind of run into that. So if you're getting people that are like left and right, like sending you, and because every so often I know like my dad will get like people like sending him like plans, like architectural plans for a pond, and he's like, uh, I don't know what any of this stuff means. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, there's nothing, yeah. you know, or people like they have their own process because that's how they think the stuff should go. Mm-hmm. So I know when people think things should go a certain way and they don't, it creates this mini anxiety in their mind. So like, let's say for example, consultation fees, nobody really expects consultation fees. So if you haven't done a good job on the front end of selling the job or pre-qualifying the job over the phone, if you throw out a consultation fee, because it's different, not necessarily it's a bad thing, but it's just different than what they're expecting. It's going to create this mini anxiety in their head. So everything needs to be, everything should be how they expect it to be. But if it's not, because it's part of your process as a contractor, you just need to build a lot more rapport and trust up front. So that way, if you do throw them, not really curveballs, but like mini curveballs, yeah. it's, it's, it's like when you get a new car and the buttons are all different. They're mm-hmm. all there but they're all just a little bit different. And at first, like freaking out, like, where's my emergency blinker? Like, how do I turn this thing on? And it's not a bad thing. It's just it's just new and you're not expecting it. So it kind of 
creates a mini panic. Yeah. It's like fear of being screwed too. Yeah. Yeah. Like they, you know, if you, if you're too hard on like, this is my process and this and that, you know, and I, thanks for the input, but no way. Like yeah. it, yeah. I mean, like you gotta be a little bit flexible. Um, so it, it's, it's again, finding that balance, which is like the most cop out answer, but I can see how people can get in trouble because if you're not flexible, if you're not, you know, fully transparent, it always comes off like you're trying, you know, some, you're trying to hide something. And I feel like for contractors, especially, that's probably one of the toughest businesses to have that persona because everyone's already thinking that contractors are trying to screw you. I, I think every industry is like that. Like I get that now, like with marketing, because people are like, yeah, I yeah, came true. from this service or I came from that. And I'm like, this is yeah. gonna be a tough sale. Everyone thinks they have some marketing experience, even like it, it with like um, the older generation, but then like they don't have any digital marketing experience. It's the same thing with like homeowners. Yeah, like you know, I painted my my walls, or I you know I hung up some I don't know, like a like a, a TV stand. Mm-hmm. So let me tell you how to re shingle my roof. It's like yeah. all right, dude, it's way different. Yeah. So everybody everybody thinks in their own. It's like everybody thinks their kids more attractive than they are. Yeah. So it's no different. And it's not like the person's doing it maliciously, but you just got to kind of realize that that's just part of the territory. So if you find, if you know your constraints and your boundaries when you're talking to somebody, the more you practice it and the longer in business, generally the more comfortable you're going to get with like, sure, we can make that happen. However, let me set up some, some constraints on this thing. Mm-hmm. Like this might happen, this might happen, and I'm going to have to do it this way. Are you cool with that? Yes, I am. And that's it. I mean, that's that's really it. So you just got to you know, kind of swallow your pride a little bit, let them do a bit of the talking. So they almost, they sell themselves because it's really their idea. It's the idea of like, if you can get a customer to like write their own contract or fill in the blanks of their own contract, they're less likely to back out of it later because they're the ones that's filling it out. That's smart. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. So it's kind of like if I said, you know, Alex, what, what, uh, what, what's your salary want to be? And you're like, oh, I'm 50 grand. I'm like, perfect. Like in my mind, I'm like, great. You know, if I, but if I tell you, hey, Alex, your salary is 50, it's still good, but yeah. Because you came up with the idea, it's your idea, not mine. Yeah. You got to live with it. You want it's like psychologically where you want that win. That exactly. You did it. Yeah. Exactly. So that. if you give the if you let the customers be the hero and let them dictate what's going on, as long as it's within your constraints and it's exactly how you're going to do it, you're going to win every time because they're going to feel like they're the ones that did this. But you don't have in it. But if you play hero yourself and say I'm going to come in and do this and take all your problems away, it just commoditizes you. Like, yes, they're going to like it, but they're not going to like it nearly as much as if it's your own idea. It sounds like this whole, it's all, you know, psychological. Like uh-huh. it's, it's all like how to deal with people, different kinds of people. It's, it's, it's mind blowing to hear yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. So guys today, the, the big takeaways are some of these red flags, like you, you should be identifying what they are. And the more in business that you get, the more you're going to start to pick up on stuff, but don't always let it screw with your mind like if somebody calls in and says hey what's your price like again they just might not know like it's it's not their their fault like i mean if i asked you like what's it cost alex to paint the entire exterior of a house I have no idea exactly no idea. no I, nobody knows what a website costs nobody yeah. knows like because it's not common knowledge you no. know what a car costs because that's so that's, many out there. it's so many out there right yeah. but like especially with services where it's it's you know a car is a, a product a painting a house is a service right it's mm-hmm. So it's it's different. Everybody's different, and like you can get a website for a hundred thousand dollars. You can get one for a hundred dollars. So it it's literally yeah. it's all over the map. So how do you know? So it's not it's not anyone's fault. So when you hear these red flags, just know what what questions to ask based off of that. And a lot of times you can, it's very easy to go. That's an interesting question. Do you mind if I ask you or you know do you mind if I ask you some questions just to make sure I get the answer right? And they're always going to say yes. Mm. But if they go, nope, all I want to know is the square, you know, price per square foot, 
then you go, you know, I would just throw them something really high just as like a FU offer yeah. just to kind of get them off the phone. Cause yeah. like they're just kind of a pain in the ass Don't to work with. with them. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So guys, that's it. Big takeaways. Make sure that you're asking questions around your red flags. So that way they're not always going to be red flags. It might actually, you know, earn you some business and people just, nobody wants to get screwed. So good luck with it all. Have fun. <laughs>